I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Spartan Pride podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. I am Jonathan Shop, your host of this show that really started with inspiration to look back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartan football team that, of course, went 13-1, and Big Ten champions, Rose Bowl champions, final ranking of number three in the country that the last year before the college football playoff began. You know, as we're getting into this a little bit, and today we're going to take a look back at the Youngstown State game, which was the game before Notre Dame, really the final preseason game, if you will, for Michigan State that year. As we look back, it's funny because had there been a plus one in 2013, it would have been really simple. You'd have had an all-time offense versus defense matchup, Florida State versus Michigan State, and the way those two teams were playing at that point in time, it would have been pretty hot. It would have been pretty hot. I actually did talk to Randy Etzel once, coach at UConn, coach at Maryland. I talked to Randy Etzel about what that game might have been like, and he was very, very adamant that it would have been a very close game. He would not have seen Florida State running away with it. He would not have seen Michigan State stopping Florida State cold. He said, look, this is one that would have been great to see. Of course, that never happened. It never will. And speculation will continue as to who the best team was in 2013 forever in a day. Speaking of a day, today is a day. We're going to look back at Michigan State, Youngstown State. The final preseason game, if you will, for the 2013 Spartans. The very Spartans we're talking about that could have competed with Florida State 
in quite a national title game did not, in fact, look much at all like any kind of title contender going into that Youngstown State game. We're going to talk about previewing that game, revisit some of the highlights of that game as we take a look, as we chase it again, looking back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartans right here on the Spartan Pride Podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I am Jonathan Schopp. This is the Spartan Pride Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Today we're looking back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartans, and we're talking about the Youngstown State game. Taking a look back at my article series, The Outlook Moving Forward, which was a long-running series at Spartan Nation, and it's being reposted week by week on the Spartan Pride Substack. For those of you that are super fans or want to take a look way back or know somebody that played on the team or was around the team, You want to look back and scan at this stuff, you're going to see exactly what I wrote when I wrote it, which would have been midweek before Youngstown State. And it's going to look interesting. It's a time capsule, if you will. It's a piece of history. It's practically a book. So why not put it up there for everybody to see as the 10th anniversary of the 2013 team continues to pick up steam as we get later into the summer. For sure, we're going to see a lot about it during the season. Hopefully see a lot of familiar faces and great highlights back. This will get you prepared for it, again, if you are a super fan. After the 21-6 over, well, after the 21-6 win over South Florida, Youngstown State was coming in and Michigan State was really struggling in offense. The passing performance at Southern Florida USF was one of the worst in school history. 94 yards. That was it. So choppy waters were expected as the Spartans tried to figure out who the quarterback was going to be. It was expected to be Andrew Maxwell. That didn't look so good early. Connor Cook gets in. Tyler O'Connor gets in. Things get hiccupy. Damian Terry's sitting around carrying a red shirt. Wasn't really clear what was going to go on, but 94 yards of passing against South Florida was horrific, and it was unclear what was going on. Coach Steen knew that offense was out of rhythm. He knew that foul camp was behind them, and and he assured everybody that the staff was not the issue. It was simply a matter of finding a quarterback, getting the offense into rhythm, and getting things going. Looking at that Youngstown State game, it was not clear who was going to start. It seemed like it might be Tyler O'Connor's turn, but what we did not realize was that maybe the wheels had already been turning against Tyler O'Connor to be the starter for this 2013 team. Connor Cook started the game and looked a little shaky, looked up and down, uh, but he looked turnover prone. And one of the small keys of the uh, South Florida game was uh, the fact that Cook came back when Michigan State was only up one possession after he had already turned the ball over. Why he came back in is not super clear, but this, you might remember, looked like 
Down by the goal line, Tyler O'Connor did something Coach D did not want done. And prior, well, I mean, for practical purposes, that was the end of Tyler O'Connor's real good look at becoming the starter for the 2013 team. It is funny how history travels and how it's remembered. And I got a feeling a lot of folks looking at this article or talking about this team during this 10th anniversary season are going to forget that specific note. So the Spartans continue to have issues at quarterback, although some things started looking all right. The running backs looked okay, but you didn't see anybody like Le'Veon Bell or Rock Baker, Edwin Rock Baker, one of the great Michigan State tailbacks that had too short a career uh, during the D'Antonio era. So Michigan State's offense was ranked 111th going into the Youngstown State game. Youngstown State, of course, a Division II opponent or whatever you want to call it. It's kind of tough to tell what you're going to get, but there was no doubt that the offense needed more work than anybody going into that Youngstown State game, and they would go ahead and have a decent week. The defense was pretty solid, as everyone knew. Pretty solid at the top of the sport. The South Florida game really was about tightening screws, showcasing depth, and really catching a star. There's no doubt by the end of that game and going into Youngstown State, Shalit Calhoun was becoming a real star. He had fumble recoveries. He had exploded. Um, he was racking up sacks. He was all of a sudden making a name for himself very, very quickly. There was once a concern about replacing Will Golston, who arguably left early for the NFL, but check your NFL rosters. He's still working for the Tampa Bay Bucks. So that argument is a, is a losing one. Uh, but it wasn't clear Michigan State was going to continue or have a really great pass rush or line. Hondo Carpenter of Spartan Nation was one of the few to suggest this line was not going to take a step back and would probably step forward at a time where a lot of people didn't know who Shalik Calhoun even was. Now, at this point of the season, after South Florida, people knew who Shalik Calhoun was. And there's one interesting note about this um, in the outlook moving forward that's worth looking at. Coach D talked about how athletic Shalik Calhoun was, but just how much he benefited from a year of bodybuilding the right way under the legendary Spartan coach Ken Manny. Really significant to point out the value of the redshirt season because there would not have been the same Shalik Calhoun had he not redshirted. And as we catch up with him later in the fall, we meaning the vast Spartan nation, surely to see plenty of Calhoun, I hope, uh, reminiscing about this season, somebody needs to bring up the fact that his redshirt year was so valuable. It was a defense taking shape. It was a defense ready to dance with anybody in the country at that point. Shalik Calhoun was quickly becoming a star, and Youngstown State would be no different. We'll finish up our look back at the outlook moving forward, Youngstown State, and then we'll re recap the 55-17 Michigan State victory, setting them up for one of the more famous Notre Dame games really at the end of that series, which sadly looks uh, stalled out. Of course, Notre Dame and Michigan State used to play nearly all the time, and that stalled out. Really not any development on that, but if you listen to the last episode of this podcast, 
Hopefully that won't be for too, too long. We'll talk more about it. Chase it again. A look back at the 2013 Michigan State Spartan football team right here on this here Spartan Pride podcast. Spartan Pride Podcast, Jonathan Schott back with you looking, of course, back at the 2013 Spartans chase it again. Looking ahead to the Youngstown State game, the special teams was still in a little bit of disarray. Kevin Muma missed a chip shot, which caught your attention, but, and this comes up a lot in my writing. A lot of you that have read my stuff know that there is a lot of similarity between place kicking and golf. The swing planes are similar. And on occasion, you'll see a guy just playing lined up too far left or too far right from the before he kicks it, and he'll miss it that way. And that's how that one was missed. Um, there was not a great, a really not a great clarification of who the kick returner would be quite yet, who the kickers would be quite yet. Nick Hill was starting to, to make a name uh, or continue making a name with the kick return unit. So... When you're running into a team like Youngstown State, a Division II team, you don't expect many kick returns. You expect, you know, less than four per the game and not a whole lot to come out of it. So Spartan special teams still in pretty good question at that point. Overall, the football team after Southern Florida did not look anywhere near, uh, not only near a finished product, they didn't look anywhere near what they would become. They did not look like they had a 10-win team in that uh in that roster based on the offensive production that you'd seen so far. The defense looked to be top five in the country, which, uh, you know, back then somebody may have said, hey, you're overshooting it. Well, obviously that was not the case for the defensive superiority we would see in 12, 13, uh, 14, 15. The defense was coming into its absolute prime. So there was a lot of work for Michigan State to do, and it really wasn't about, to me, it was not about the final score. It was going to be about how Michigan State played. It would be about whether they had to pull the trigger and badly reboot the offense completely after three games, or would they choose to go what they wanted, or would they make some kind of radical change if the offense played badly against Youngstown State. Now, this was an era where it was a year after Brett Bielema had fired an offensive line coach a couple weeks in, and it was actually the time that Texas head coach Mac Brown, who, of course, now coaches at North Carolina, fired defensive coordinator Manny Diaz, who has remained around the sport and is currently, I believe, the defensive coordinator at Penn State after being dismissed as a head coach for Miami. You may remember Diaz if you saw Michigan State under Mel Tucker in 2021 go down to Miami and wear them out in the fourth quarter. That really was the curtains for Manny Diaz, who has an extraordinary connection to the city of Miami, as some of you know. Uh, but Diaz bounced back as he did after being fired from Texas, and he bounced back after being fired from Miami uh, to be the coordinator for Penn State. So we'll see enough of him this fall as well. So Michigan State was in that boat at this point. If Youngstown State, if it didn't go well, I would hope, I would have hoped everything was on the table, including a replacement of a coordinator or some kind of a decision to make a change. So we weren't really sure what quarterback would be playing. We knew, honestly, we needed to see more out of Tyler O'Connor to make an evaluation of him, although it sounds like those coordinating the offense and coaching that football team had pretty much made their mind up. So what we were set up for, in fact, was 
the establishment of Connor Cook as the Spartans' starting quarterback, and obviously he would go on to be one of the best in school history and definitely the best in modern history. But it was not sure what would be of that offense even going into Youngstown State. There was a fear that Michigan State would struggle to get into the 30s against Youngstown State and therefore really struggle to get into the 30s against any significant Division I team, let alone a Big Ten team. So it's not that there was a lot going on the line uh, against Youngstown State. There was just a lot that we wanted to learn. And the outlook for that football team going into Youngstown State suggested they would not be very competitive with Notre Dame unless something magical happened. No magic happened against Youngstown State, but as we're going to discuss after the break, a lot of good happened at Youngstown State, and it would go down to be a game that kind of started a tremendous run for this team. Before we get that, just looking back at my perhaps another thoughts, which I thought to include in this series that we reposted on Substack for no other reason than to give a taste and flavor of what was going on in college football at the time and to either point the finger at myself for being a fool or uh, point the thumb at myself for calling something as I saw it pretty well. The third one of those I still see and talk about to this day, that all NFL games should start at one o'clock local except the night games. I still think that's a great idea and it's funny that uh, a decade later uh, they haven't done much about it, but there are signs that things may be inching towards such a rule someday. We talk a little bit about Johnny Manziel, who was an oddball in college football, recruited as a safety. He looked to be 30 years old when he was playing. He was kind of writing his own rules, violating rules along the way, has a lot of success at uh, Texas A&M. But what I wrote in this PAT happened to prove out to be extremely true, and that was really not going to know about Kevin Sumlin as a head coach until he's working with another quarterback. Uh, To this date, we've seen Kevin Sumlin in other places, and he has not had a lot of success. He may or may not get one more shot as a head coach uh, at a Division I level. I don't know if that's going to happen based on how it ended at Texas A&M and how it went for him at Arizona. And the uh, first, of course, talking about The big decision by Mack Brown after they got completely embarrassed at Texas and he was essentially forced to or chose to fire Manny Diaz after a few weeks in the season. That is a look back at the outlook moving forward for Youngstown State in 2013. We're going to talk about that game briefly and wrap up this episode of the Spartan Pride Podcast here on the Fans First Sports Network. Jonathan Schott back with you, Spartan Pride Podcast. Youngstown State game over in a hurry. Michigan State came out blazing 35-10 to 10 at halftime before the game. It was one where some separation began to unfold. Connor Cook was given all the time in the world to go ahead and throttle Youngstown State. He threw four touchdown passes and looked pretty smooth. Tyler O'Connor got some time, but it was quite frankly garbage time. And what the message was very clear that Connor Cook was going to be the guy to take the ball at Notre Dame. Um, Cook had split time with Maxwell the first couple weeks. For the most part, that would pretty much be done. Damian Terry 
look to be redshirted for good after possibly being in the mix and of course called for by the fans, which happens all the time. So this fall, when you're watching a game in September and you hear the fans calling for whichever quarterback or maybe a third one that's not playing, this is not a new thing, kids. If you're young, this isn't new. It's all right. It's part of the deal. Happens all the time. It'll always happen in college football. It's part of the game. Saw it at the first game I ever attended as a student in 98, and we'll see it this fall as well, and you'll see it in 20 more years. It's just the way this stuff works. Shalik Calhoun continued to become a giant star. He had three touchdowns of the year up to this point. Um, he had a sack and a recovery of a fumble in the first half. That's kind of the way his September was going. Touchdown passes by Cook to Kings and Fowler, two names that would become well-known. Nick Hill got a bunch of carries. Michigan State, with his highest point output since the 61-14 win over Illinois in 2005. Now, you may remember that one because it was the week before the 2005 Michigan game that obviously Michigan State just rolled in until Drew Stanton was hurt. And it was one of the few times that John L. Smith's bunch was able to put the foot on the pedal. And that was the right thing to do. It put him in position to play very well the next week at Michigan until the unfortunate injury to Drew Stanton and then an amazing run of plays that cost them a killer loss in overtime. That was then. This was 2013. The 55-17 win did good to set Michigan State up for Notre Dame. We will talk about that next week as we look back at that game and the Outlook Moving Forward article that accompanied it. Again, these Outlook Moving Forward articles are being posted on the Spartan Pride substack. Check those out if you like reading and you like history or if you've got kids or young folks around you that don't understand how good this team was and you need to hit some details, go over there and check it out. <laughs> As for this, we'll be back again soon on the Spartan Pride podcast, probably in a couple of days. Podcast at gmail.com if you have any thoughts, questions, opinions, or cheer. I am Jonathan Shop. This is the Fans First Sports Network, the Spartan Pride Podcast. We will see you again soon.